You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. It is Monday, January 25th. 2021. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com right now. Use the promo code Locked On for 20% off on your next purchase. On the show today, we discuss the Nats signing of Brad Hand. We had the emergency episode on Saturday because Friday night the Nats signed re-signed Ryan Zerman. Today, the big news is on Sunday the Nats went and signed Brad Hand to a one-year, 10.5 million dollar contract. We'll discuss the move. We'll discuss what it means for the bullpen, how it fits in with the Nats' overall offseason plans, and more. Hope you guys enjoy the show today. It was a fun one. All right, let's get to it. So the Nationals have signed free agent reliever Brad Hand to a one-year, $10 million contract. So for Brad Hand, uh, once again, he was part of the Cleveland uh, Indians. Then he was part of really their salary dump. They had a $10 million option on him. They decided to decline it, which allows him to become a free agency. And also he got a million dollars on the buyout as well. Free agent. And we saw some stories circulating specifically last week about, well, you know, at one point in time, uh, it was reported that Brad Hand was going to be a New York Met. That was not the case. There were reports last week that teams such as the Nationals were in on Brad Hand, but it was noted that the money could be an issue. And I guess it's not. Uh, a lot of people do think this is an overpay for Brad Hand. But let's kind of get into the deal. This comes from ESPN News and Services. Closer Brad Hand of the Washington Nationals are in agreement on a one-year, $10.5 million contract. Sources with the deal, uh, familiar with the deal tell ESPN's Jeff Passan on Sunday. A 30-year-old left-hander is poised to become Washington's closer in his 11th season in the major leagues joining the back end of a bullpen that already includes Will Harris, Daniel Hudson, and Tanner Rainey. We'll get to that in a second. Hand, another solid season for the closer from uh, Cleveland Indians in 2020, leading the major leagues with 16 saves and 16 chances. Like I mentioned, he was a victim of the team's salary purge. They tried to trade him last year. They were unsuccessful. If you guys remember, he was acquired from the San Diego Padres in a trade at the deadline in 2018. In two plus scenes with Cleveland, he had 58 saves and 65 chances with a 2.78 ERA and 154 strikeouts and 107 innings over 111 games. So, and also he had that kind of, you know, he had a blown lead last year. Um, he blew the game against the New York Yankees in the playoffs. But, I mean, if you're going to judge off one game, you know, that's not the way to go. So, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Brad Hand, he is a four-pitch guy. He's got a slider, four-seam fastball, a sinker, and a curveball that he's recently added. He really only th- he threw it four t- or five times last season. So he's a primary slider guy, 51% sliders. He's got that fastball he uses around 36% of the time. The sinker he'll use about 12% of the time, and the curveball only about 1.4% of the time. So I wouldn't expect um, a ton of curveballs. He does generate a lot of swing and misses, with that slider. It's about a 38.6% swing and miss uh, against the slider. And and really, he wants to use those two pitches. He wants to use a slider and the four-seamer because if you look at the numbers, guys are hitting 152 off fastball and they're hitting 139 off the slider. So those are two pitches for him that are super effective. 
And, uh, you know, it's just consistently those are the ones he's able to use. Now, we're going to mention this too. The velocity drop on the fastball is where people are concerned. And it's only generating swinging misses, swing and misses at 9.4%. So it's important for Brad Hand this year to use location on his pitching. And I'm wondering uh, also if that's going to factor into how they're going to set him up in the bullpen. We'll mention that in a second, though, like I said. Uh, but first, let's hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll talk more about was this a good deal and where does he fit in to the bullpen? Because obviously he's going to be the closer, but what does it really mean for everybody else? So we'll talk about that in a second, but first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked on Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag right now. Use that promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, for a 50% welcome bonus upon your first deposit. Guys, right now we've got the NFL uh, has their Super Bowl coming up in two weeks, so all kinds of prop bets. Obviously the game line is there, but the fun props of how long is the National Anthem going to take? Uh, will the coin flip be heads or tails? First, you know, guys, there are a million props in the Super Bowl. And actually in a couple weeks here, or probably next week, we'll have a Gabonis show where I'll go through some of those props because that's always so much fun to do. Uh, they've got MLB odds for next season, right? If you want to put some some coin on the Nats, if you want to bet on them to win the National League or, or win the division, you can go and do that. They've got everything there. They've got you covered at betonline.ag. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com. You can find their 18 awesome flavors. Six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, chia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Caramel brownie is my 110% favorite. They've got their 12 original flavors. All those are chocolate, six with nut, six without nut. Once again, go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N. Locked On for twenty percent off at BuiltBar.com. You also have a chance to win a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Once again, promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com. You'll get twenty percent off on your next purchase at BuiltBar.com. Also, check out the new podcast from Locked On. It's called Locked On Today. All all the sports news you need in about 20 minutes. Uh, it's a really good podcast. Checked it out today. Today was its first day, so I hope you guys go there and enjoy that. All right, back to the show and our conversation about Brad Hand. All right, first thing I want to mention was, is this a good deal or not? And this fits into kind of the larger context of like the Nationals offseason. The Nats offseason has been a series of calculated short-term risks. That's the way you have to look at it. I, I don't think any one deal should be looked at in its individuality. I am overall against paying relief pitching, uh, like th- you know, this size amount of money for multiple years. If it's a one-year deal, I'm kind of fine with it because if you look at the way the Nats have constructed this roster, John Lester one-year deal, Josh Bell two years is under contract on that trade, Kyle Schwarber one-year deal. Um, all of these guys are coming, and Ryan Zimmerman as well one-year deal. All of these guys are coming in on one-year contracts. And that's going to give those players flexibility, or they're kind of banging on themselves. It's going to give the Nationals some flexibility, too. I saw a tweet from Mark Zuckerman 
that said they brought in all of these guys, Bell included, even via trade. All in all, it's going to cost them roughly $32 million, I think was the number. So the Nets are in a spot where, yeah, it's a it's a chunk of change. That's a financial commitment for a starting pitcher, a corner outfielder, a first baseman, a closing pitcher. I mean, these guys, you know, are going to come in here and the Nats gonna give this thing a run. They're trying to construct that roster, not like 2019s, but not dissimilar to 2019. And this roster feels like it's, you know, like not all those guys have to hit, right? The Nationals have some depth in that bullpen. Let's think about the fact that now they have Rainey. Now they have Will Harris. Now they have Daniel Hudson. And now they have Brad Hand. Yes, all those guys, you know, you, you want some good performances. But let's be honest, if three of them pitch well, you're going to be in pretty good shape. Now, I know three or four is, you know, it's it's a pretty high number, but, like, still, they're going to be in good shape. And that doesn't, that doesn't even count, you know, the guys like Finnegan and Suero, who they also have the bullpen, who can help out if things don't go directly according to plan. So the Nationals, I think their bullpen's better than it was in 2019. I think, I think you, you know, you could definitely argue that for sure. But, look, do I love Brad Hand for one year? $10.5 million? No. Could they have made it more incentivized and you know, more incentive-based structure? Sure. But the Nats are here for calculated risks. And if it doesn't work out, guess what? At the end of the season, he's going to move on. Um, and Brad Hand will not be part of the Nats anymore. So there's no long-term commitment. There's no two, you know, in long-term when it comes to relievers, it's two-year, you know, two, three-year deal, right? It's I didn't love the Will Harris contract, but let's, let's see what Will Harris can do. Um, coming up here in the next season. But, yeah, I mean, they do have some money invested in that back of the bullpen, but I think after 2019, <laughs> you know, that's kind of how they want to do it, right? I, I don't think they want to take many chances. I think they want to get the best high-end talent they can. And back there with Harris, Hudson, Rainey, and Hand, they should be. Now let's talk about how they're going to structure that right there. Uh, Brad Hand's going to be the closer. I don't think there's any debate about that. I would consider – I think they're going to go – with Daniel Hudson as the eighth inning guy. And I think one one part of this is that he is a fastball, curveball, changeup guy. So you really what you can do is, you know, with that fastball, which is which is a primary pitch for Hudson, is that with his velocity, you know, you can kind of match him and you're going with, okay, fastball is one inning next guy, you know, you're gonna you're gonna match mix it up and you're gonna go with a guy in Brad Hand who is uh, a big time slider pitcher, right? We just talked about how much he relies on his slider. So I think that's something interesting to watch. I I think Will Harris gets that seventh inning slot, and I think they're going to move Rainey around um, where they need him to. Maybe not the best thing for a guy who is not fully proven yet, you know, to have him be your, you know, I guess utility man in the bullpen, air quotes, but a move that I think would be interesting to see. But with, with those guys, you know, you, you put a lot of capital into Brad Hand into Daniel Hudson, into Will Harris. And so have those guys hold down your seven, have them hold down your eight, have them hold down your nine. I think I think it's a it's a smart strategy. And I know, once again, the concerns about Brad Hand's velocity are there. Maybe even Tanner Rainey, you know, helps you out in the sense of if things don't go well with Brad Hand and the save is blown, you can bring in Rainey. That's a guy you still trust. And, you know, if the game is tied after you had a three-run lead, you can bring Tanner Rainey in and you're, you're still confident what you can do. Um, you're still confident you have a guy out there who has got quality stuff, you know, a fastball slider guy that you really trust. So the Nationals now have something they have not had in the past in the back of the bullpen. 
which is flexibility. I know the performances have not always been great across the board from those guys, but the idea of this bullpen sounds good. Now, once again, the idea of it, the practice is one thing else. So kind of in summation, let's, let's go back through everything we talked about here. Number one, is this an overpay for a one-year deal? Yes, I am going to admit that fully it is. And also, I'm not going to go rah-rah, cheer on this move because you guys know how I feel about overpaying uh, bullpen pitching. Sidebar on that, though, is this is not like Will Harris' contract. It's not a three-year deal. This is a one-year deal. So from the standpoint of flexibility that it gives you, I do like that, all right? Money money amount, a little high for me. But look, if they're willing to shell it out and it's only one year, you're not stuck with the guy. So two sides to every coin. Too much money, yes. Flexibility, uh Flexibility also, yes. So there's the two sides to that. Where he uh, where he fits in in terms of the flexibility of all the roster moves, this is right on course with what the Nationals are doing. You can see the plan here, all right? You can see the plan. So what you can't criticize Mike Rizzo of is not having a plan, all right? He's got a clear plan this offseason, and clearly it's a bit of overpaying, but a lot of flexibility for the Nationals coming this uh you know this this coming off season uh and this coming season they're going to have the ability to move some of these parts around uh or you know discard them if they want to so from that standpoint i can see what they're doing will it work who knows yet right i'm not gonna i'm not sitting here trying to make declarations after the brad hand signing about how this season is going to go down not here to do that but from a standpoint of what are they doing show me your work i can see it from the standpoint of the bullpen, right? From the bullpen construction, they now have a full back end of the bullpen. It is full. And in years past, we couldn't say that, especially last year, we couldn't say that, um, you know, with the injuries and also with just kind of the the lack of depth they had the bullpen. I mean, they had three or four injuries that really, you know, three injuries, I think specifically you could say, that, that really did damage their bullpen at the back end last year. They now have the ability to mix and match, move guys around, and if one guy's not working in the spot, you can bump him and put somebody else there. So I'm excited to see, uh, and that's also going to be a challenge now for Dave Martinez, is how to manage that bullpen. I'm always excited to see how managers uh, deal with certain challenges such as this. Martinez is going to have his hands full. I think Brad Handspot's pretty much solidified, but he's going to have his hands full. Figure out who goes where, putting those puzzle pieces together. And I think as a fan, as a baseball fan in general, but as, if you're a Nationals fan, that's something that's exciting to watch too. So I find this Brad Hand move, you know, if you strip away how I personally feel about it, to be an exciting move that opens up a lot of possibilities, that is a part of a clear plan. And I think it's something that Nationals fans should be excited about because it's going to make for entertaining baseball. It's going to make for, uh, you know, uh, fun conversation for us on this show, right, about how the Nats are constructing that bullpen, how they're constructing their roster. It's all good stuff right now. So I I think the Brad Hand move, you know, um, not going to give it a grade, but it's definitely par for the course with what they've been trying to do this offseason. So I clearly see where they are going. All right, I'm going to talk to Connor Jones about this tonight, uh, and we'll have that show up for you guys probably on Tuesday, all right? So, you know, obviously I love to get second opinions in here about what we see from from some of these guys, right? You know, I'll just hear what I, what I think. That's why we had Arm Layton on to give the opposite side of the Josh Bell trade, right? You know, he didn't like that trade. It was nice to have him on and talk about why. Great conversation. I'm going to get Connor Jones in here. He and I are going to discuss the trade, get somebody else's thoughts. You guys need to hear that second opinion. I need to hear that second opinion. It'll be a great show when I talk to him tonight. I'll have it up for you guys tomorrow. 
Until then, follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. And until tomorrow, my friends, please stay safe.